0: Hello and welcome to episode 266 of the Thinking Elsat podcast in Vienna, Virginia. This is Ben Olson. With me is Nathan Fox in Stateline, Nevada. Yep. Today on the show, we're going to do our typical pearls versus turds. This one today is on reading comprehension. Uh, someone writes in, are old tests useful? Uh, yes. Um, I guess we can elaborate on that. News from, we have news from LSAC's digital form. Okay. And forum. then we're going to go over Max, huh? Forum. Yeah, forum. Oh, sorry, oh, I don't thought know. you said form. Yeah, I, I think I did say forum. Uh, and then we're going to go over Max's personal statement. This will air on Monday, October 5th. The October LSAT flex is in full force if you're listening to this when this comes out. Good luck to all those of you who are taking it this past weekend or today or whatever. The November LSAT is on November 7th, or well, it starts on November 7th. It's a flex test as well. Good luck to all of you who are signed up for that. Email the show at help at thinkinglsat.com. Send us your selfies and leave us a review on iTunes. That helps a lot. I was just... um, reading those reviews the other day, I don't know why I get sucked into them every now and then, but uh, one was a one star, and (laughs) the person told us to get over ourselves, so.
1: Any specifics or just generally? uh,
0: Just general frustration about how we're, you know, useless and full of shit and stuff like that.
1: So, I get what you pay for on a free podcast.
0: (laughs) That is true. So, anyways, uh, there were some positive reviews too, but, anyways, it's always fun.
1: All right. Let me dive on this uh, Pearls versus Turds email. Pearls versus Turds is the segment of the show where we uh, take a bit of received wisdom from the internet. Maybe someone emailed in the show and said, Hey, what do you think about this tip? And then we assess whether it's a pearl of wisdom or a a turd for the turd pile. The scoreboard so far is nine pearls, 36 turds, and uh, 20 ties. We arrive at tie when either Ben and I can't agree or we're too chicken to put it in the turd pile where it really belongs. There are very few pearls out there. The email says, Hi, Nathan and Ben, I really appreciate your podcast and the demon. I have a possible Pearl versus Turd. When I do a timed section of reading comprehension, I always run out of time and don't get to one passage. When I finish the second passage, I look to see which one of the two passages left has the most questions and go to that passage. I tend to have enough time to thoroughly finish the passage I choose along with its questions. And then if I have time, I will go back to the passage I skipped. I don't feel like the later passages are harder than the beginning passages like you would find in LR. I'm hoping that I will eventually get fast enough that I'm reading all four passages and then this advice may end up being unnecessary. What are your thoughts? Thanks again for all the help you provide, Amanda. What do you think, Ben?
0: Well, I don't care whether Amanda does the third passage or the fourth passage. So, if she's making a quick decision here based on the number of questions, which you can do extraordinarily fast with the digital test, because you can see exactly how many questions are each in each passage constantly. You can tell that
1: from just the navigation, right? From you can the just navigation, look at the nav, and see. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't say this is a pearl in the sense that I'm not gonna like burden people with this thought process, like, oh, hey, right. when you get to the third passage, just double check that the fourth passage doesn't have more questions. It's just, it's too much. But I don't have a problem with it because it's a quick decision and I don't care whether she does three or four.
1: Yeah. If, if you know you're only doing three passages anyway, then you do, you're deciding basically that you're going to skip a passage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So how it's a question that we get all the time in class is like, hey, if if I'm going to run out of time, if I know I'm going to run out of time, which is very common. Yep. How do I decide which passages to do? I think it seems like Amanda is always doing the first and second passage. Yep. And I think that's correct. For sure the first passage. I I think the first passage is the easier one.
0: I think in general, yeah. I mean, I get what she's saying. There's less like predictability than there is in logical reasoning, but I still feel like in general eh, passage one is going to be easier than later passages. Right.
1: When it comes to passage two, three, and four, I think that they tend to be basically equivalent difficulty. Uh, Amanda seems like she's just going ahead and doing passage two always, which is fine. I think we endorse that. Yeah. And then she's choosing between passage three and four based solely on the number of questions in the passage. And yeah, that's fine. I, that is when people ask, how do I choose? That's one of the things I say is, so, well, you could choose the one with, the, with more questions. The other way that she could choose, though, is based on topic, right? She could, she could start reading the third passage and decide if, if she hates the topic, then she could just hit the eject button. And move on to the fourth. That would be another way of deciding which one of the two, the, the final two passages to do first.
0: 100%. I mean, you're going to know the topic within the first few words, if not the first right. sentence. Right. They start talking about spiders, it's in natural science passages.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And that takes, you know, 10 seconds to figure out and if there are topics that are super intimidating to you or if it's a, you know if it's if you if you're like oh shit spiders that's awesome I want to read about that then you would probably want to stay there even if that passage had fewer questions because the more engaged you are the better you're going to do on the questions right the easier the questions are going to be yeah um okay so decide between the third and fourth passage based on the number of questions pearl Turd or tie?
0: Okay, I, I'll I'll give it a pearl. Uh, just because um, if someone asked in class, this is probably one thing that I would say. I would add the or topic because I'd rather someone do a passage that they like, even if it's got fewer questions.
1: Okay, then that doesn't sound like a pearl anymore. Yeah.
0: If well, you'd rather they do it changing the other way, if we change your advice, <laughs> if we change your advice, it's a pearl. Um, <laughs>
1: I think we can give it a tie. I yeah. I do think that there. So there's you know, a, there's a nugget of value in this for sure, and this is something that I have said in class many times. So it's a perfectly fine way to decide between the third and fourth passage. But topic would also be a perfectly fine way to decide between those passages. Amanda does note here that eventually she hopes to get to the point where she's going to read and answer all four passages. At which point, this whole thing becomes entirely moot. That's, I think, what really keeps it from being a pearl. You said earlier, Ben, that you're not going to burden people with this. Mm-hmm. That's a really important thing for LSAT teachers to learn. Yeah. Is that every word you say, the class is like hanging on it. You know, I was always like amazed that people in class they're like sitting there taking notes as I as I speak, and I'm like, really, you're you're writing that down? What I just said? That's okay. Well. Then let me back off a little bit and think about what things I want to actually say. <laughs> because the last thing I want is for you to have this checklist of 100 things you're thinking about while you're doing the LSAT. It makes sense, and you just need to figure it out. And it, we, we teach a, a natural, intuitive approach to the test. That's one of the reasons why we give out so many pearls. We don't want people to think that there's like this litany of theory and strategies that you you have to have on board. There's just not that much, right? Yeah. It's more like read it, understand it, figure it out.
0: Well, that's – and to get back to the whole definition of a pearl, a pearl is something that is extraordinarily valuable. You're going to use that advice. But it's also something that we're like itching to tell you right like, you came to class tonight i want to make sure you go home with this idea in your head and that might be slow down make sure you understand the passage whatever if so, if class is ending i'm not going to be like wait wait everybody hold up one other thing when you get to the third passage and you're trying to decide <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. always look to see how many questions there are in each passage or yeah this is and this is the kind of advice too that people if they like extrapolated it they would be like, well, well. What, what I do is at the beginning of the section, I look at all four of the passages and I figure out which one has the most questions and I start there. Yeah. If you do that, I think you are very likely picking the hardest passage to start with. Yeah. So, the hardest passage to understand, like the hardest passage to read. Yeah. And I would hate to see you do that. So, definitely do the first passage – Probably, definitely do the second passage. If you know based on your practice tests that you're going to run out of time and you only have one more passage left, then maybe choose the third or fourth passage based on the number of questions. But what is it, Ben? It's one or two more questions. The questions do take some time to answer. So I'm just not sure what the upside is really here.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so and that really keeps it from being a pearl. Okay. So it's too much to think about, yeah. Yeah. You want to take this next one?
0: Yeah. So this the title of this one, old tests no good? Question mark. Hey guys, I'm curious about what your opinions are concerning practice tests. I feel like I've seen the majority of questions either through practice or on prep test past prep test 50. Okay? I'm taking the test in November and not sure if I should dive deeper into the test before 50 or if I should focus on tests more recently. Are there disadvantages to looking at tests that have happened over 10 years ago before the November test? Should I just focus on tests 70 to 89 again and get familiar with more recent tests? I think I'm going to sign up for the demon as well. Love the podcast. F. Uh, I would... Definitely value a test you haven't seen before over a recent one. Um, I don't know. Yeah,
1: especially the logic games. I mean, tests 40 through 50 have very predictable logic games that are totally indicative of the type of stuff that you're very likely to see now. The logical reasoning is not really any different the um (laughs) looking at ben in the google doc right now ben is counting the number of spaces between the sentences (laughs) and that's because there was clearly three spaces between in one of the spots there was clearly three spaces which i noticed as well ben did you notice this though over here
0: there's one yeah so one. Have so, you have one, <laughs> two, and three <laughs> spaces after your sentences.
1: Yeah. Um, I would for sure, yeah, definitely do tests 40 through 50. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's any even anything wrong with tests one through 40. As we've been fleshing out explanations for those, we've run across all – I mean, I, I've been doing those questions a lot in the last – year or so. And they are totally predictable using the strategies that I mostly used on question, you know, on prep tests 40 through 60. That's where I learned the LSAT really was 40 through 60, right? And then I was yeah. a professional LSAT teacher 60 through 89, and now we're going back in time doing 1 through 40 just to make sure that we have full explanations for all of those. And they do not seem different in meaningful ways. That's actually maybe an interesting conversation we could have. Let's go back and forth. I'm going to say one way that the earlier tests are different. Okay. And then you say one way that the earlier tests are different. We'll see how many we can come up with.
0: Okay, sure.
1: Is that a fun game?
0: <laughs> it's so okay. fun. Yeah. Just, let's right. do that for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Um, They used to have, on logical reasoning, they used to have one passage and then two questions following that one passage. And that's something that has gone away.
0: That stopped in test uh, 39, by the way. Random trivia for you.
1: Everybody loves that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) There's no reason why they don't have that anymore. I mean, I I don't
0: understand why
1: they don't have that anymore.
0: Yeah, because you can get two birds with one stone, you're saying?
1: Them. Well, if they wanted, they could get five birds with one stone. It would yeah. be so easy to write one passage and then ask main conclusion, strengthen, necessary assumption, must be true." They could ask you know they could, ha- they could totally ask five different questions. I don't know why they don't. They're making more work for themselves. Anyway, that's the thing that you'll see when you go through those older tests. But the questions themselves, though, aren't any different at all. It's just that you recycle the same passage for two questions. Yeah. What else is different about the older tests?
0: I got another one. This is good, actually. I hadn't thought of these things until we started talking about them. So one obvious difference is that starting with test the June 2007 test, which came between tests 51 and 52, is um, you got comparative reading. So one... Of the four passages in reading comp has two passages, shorter passages, and you have to compare the two. That did not exist before the June 2007 LSAT.
1: Okay, correct. Comparative reading. Yep. Um, So, yeah, when you practice the older tests, you won't see any comparative reading, but whatever. The passages that are there are exactly like the passages that are – I mean three out of four passages on the modern test are not comparative reading. So – You're still getting a lot of value out of studying the old reading comp. Okay, here's one for you, Ben. There is a lot more weird, gendered, heteronormative, and in some cases, misogynistic stuff on the older tests. There's just... (laughs) There, there's just weird. Like you'll have logic games where you know it's 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 always one boy and one girl at the dance. (laughs) That type of shit. It's Mm -hmm. always couples at dinner Mm -hmm. with a man and a wife. Mm -hmm. Um, The there, there are even some. Yeah, there's there's definitely some. It's very straight and it's very gendered. And as I go through these old logical reasoning questions, especially, I always point out to the class, like, "Well, here's something that they would never say on the modern test, and here's something yep. that they would never say on the modern mm-hmm. test." And it's good that they don't. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just an archaic, like, old way of thinking, old way of being, and the LSAT has definitely adapted to that. Now, they uh, <laughs> marriage is no longer between a man and a woman on the LSAT, thankfully.
0: Yeah. Now it's right. only. Um, between a man and a man and a woman. And a man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that either. Now they just don't say anything they're at like, all. We're not going to talk about it. We don't want to go down. Well, that yeah. road.
1: They know they're going to put their foot in it if they say anything. So yeah. they don't do that anymore. Yeah. Any okay. other differences? Yeah, yeah I can I think got... of one more, but your turn.
0: Yeah, I got more. I got more for you. Okay. You're... So another oh, one. Shit. Is... I'm going to lose the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope I'm right about this actually now. We got to keep score. Uh, Games with actual drawings uh, around the rules, like images in the drawings. Oh, uh,
1: there used to be a lot of maps and stuff, huh? Like mm-hmm. the ski chalets one, and what other ones? There aren't that many.
0: No, there's only, there was like, like a, three or f- actually, I, there's only three. Uh, and I can tell you which tests they are because we've had to work around them in the demon. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they actually provided an image for you as opposed to just inviting you to come up with the image in your own head. Right. Okay,
1: so yeah, they don't do that anymore. Um, Okay, Uh, the logic games on those older tests, the games on tests one through 40 Mm -hmm. are harder than the games on tests 40 through 89. On average, the games used to be a lot harder. There just were more variables, more rules. More dimensions, right? It would be like, oh, we're picking this isn't that hard of a game, but we're picking foods for a buffet. Not only are we picking five out of nine, but we're also picking at least one, uh, at least one entree or main dish, at least one side dish, at least one dessert. Oh, and not only that, but we have to also have at least one hot dish, yeah, and yeah. that that dimension goes across the entree or main side dessert dimension. And mm-hmm. so it's just this a multi-dimensional game where where you're thinking about it's not just let's put six things in order. Also, it's not just put let's put six things in order. Even when it is just put things in order, it would be like let's put nine things in order. Yeah. Instead of let's put six things in order,
0: yeah, you have a lot longer list, yeah,
1: they're awesome to study because it's the equivalent of wearing a weighted vest when you go out for your run or hike or whatever, right it's a uh it, it's a it's a workout, it's a do harder stuff so that the modern stuff seems easier,
0: totally. Hey, that just made me think, um, one game that I remember always taking a decent amount of time, despite my familiarity with it and, um, whatnot, but I'm curious cause I haven't done it in ages. So I wonder now if like we did it with worlds, it'd just be like super easy. Have you done the new and used CDs game recently?
1: Um, that game is my personal least favorite logic game <laughs> yeah. out of all of them i'm talking about 360 yeah games that's my least favorite one i have done it fairly recently <laughs> one of the things we did in the demon is we had game night game mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. um where everybody like brought a cocktail and we did games on uh together yeah everybody was allowed to bring whatever game they want and stump nathan um, and of course, that's one of the games that we did was the new and used CDs game. Yeah, it is much better to do it with worlds. Hmm. Much better. Hmm. The problem, of course, with that game is that it has compound sufficient conditions and it has disjunctive necessary conditions. And and a lot of you variables. Start,
0: you got ten variables at the end of the day. Although yeah.
1: one of them is just in, so it's really nine variables. Okay, but, sure. Um, when you when you start drawing out those rules, it is such a disaster. I mean it's the poster child for why you should just make worlds instead of doing all the old school if-then arrows might, and linking stuff together. I don't together. know if you've seen my video Dude, for it. But I, oh, I have, my, old, I have old videos. <laughs> no. <clears throat> if you want to see you know, America's Funniest Home Videos version of like LSAT bloopers, watch some of our old videos where we use those outdated – Techniques. Now, yeah. we continually update all those videos in the Demon. As we continue to teach classes, you'll see new videos coming in where we <laughs> do the games in a more sensible way. And yeah, that, for that game, for sure, pick one of the players, split it. Mm-hmm. Well, this is either on sale or not. And when it's on sale, here's what happens. And when it's not on sale, here's what happens. But that game, you do have to split and split and split and split. And you end up with like, you know, five or six different templates to or maybe it's eight, maybe it's seven or eight. But it it still is a mess. I mean, it it still is like holy shit, this there's a lot going on here. But the purpose of making worlds is to eliminate rules. Yeah. And you do get to eliminate all of the rules. By making worlds, you get to eliminate all of those pain-in-the-ass conditional rules. And then you're just left with, well, there's this solution and this solution and this solution. And in this solution, there's a few wild cards. And here, there's a couple wild cards. But other than that, there's there's no more rules that you have to keep processing. Mm-hmm. And so it is, yes, a lot easier to do that game with worlds. Cool. Anyway, uh, other differences?
0: Yeah, I got some more for you. So – You were saying that the games are harder between 1 and 40 than in, say, 41 to 89, right? I would say that the reading comp is easier. When I do reading comp challenges or passages from these older tests, I feel like more often than not, I'm going through and eliminating the four answer choices because they just seem radically different from the passage, not just slightly different. Like, I feel like in the more recent years, the answer choices have gotten closer and closer together, which makes them harder to separate. Obviously, you still can. But that's my sense with reading comp. Okay.
1: Well, I'm tapping out. So the game is tied because I went first. So if you can come up with one more, then you win the game.
0: Okay. Um, I got two more. Damn. <laughs> Those are stupid technical things that are, you know, not worth talking about. But I, oh. I'll, for the sake of victory, I'll still do it. Um, okay. <laughs> so one is that in the games, very early games, they actually used variables that mimicked the answer choices. So some games used the letters A, B, C, D, E, and so on. Oh, yeah. Which they stopped doing, obviously, because of the potential confusion. But... Um, okay. That's one difference. That is a difference. Yeah. One other difference, which is again, technical and not that important, but, um, starting with, uh, the digital content now in law hub, the section numbers have changed. But although I guess that's not really an old test thing, it's just a new formatting change, but it applies to all the older tests as well. So I guess that doesn't count anyways. Um, so before, you know, like we had like section two was LR and then it would be different for a different test. Now in Law Uh Hub, it's always the same. So section one is always, I think, uh, uh, reading comp maybe or games. Sections two and three are always logical reasoning and section four, I think, is reading comp. Really? Yeah. It's a weird, uh, I don't know why they decided to do that, but um, it creates confusion because sometimes people ask for an explanation from section three of test 83 and it's like uh, – wait, are you talking about LawHub or are you talking about what LSAC has published in print? Because those are well,
1: – Law LawHub also <laughs> put all of the redacted questions back
0: onto the tests. Crazy. What, 24 so, questions or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
1: the, all the questions that had been redacted over time, all of the ones that had – in all the tests we ever saw, it always said item removed from scoring – and then suddenly when they when they launched Law Hub, they just put all those questions back on their own tests <laughs> high security operation they got going over there, yeah <laughs> all right, you win the game, and uh thank you, F, for writing in about the old tests. Our advice is, yes, you can absolutely do those old tests. You should probably work your way backward. I mean, the more modern test, the better. but if it's a new test that you haven't seen before, yeah, I mean they're like particularly logic games there is shit in those tests there are there are games that i would imagine are exactly like the games that you're going to see um on the modern test yeah Pro- probably not as hard like the the super hard ones you're probably not going to see ones that look like that oh speaking but, this is a
0: random tangent but um yeah you know that game um shoot i think uh i don't remember what it's about now but G can either be in the middle column or out. And there's like there's a morning and afternoon, I think it's like student presentations or something like that. Okay. And you'll remember the game if I tell you this rule. Uh if if N goes on Monday, then H and I have to go on Tuesday. And if N goes oh, on Tuesday. Oh, you're talking
1: about you're talking about there's two possibilities it's either the bus game,
0: not the bus game that's different okay. yeah.
1: or it's the the advertisements in the magazine game.
0: no sorry this is um mm. it's I'm pretty sure well there's there's eight people, I think it's eight students and they're giving presentations and um anyways <laughs> the point is is there's this rule that. Uh, if N goes on Monday then H and I have to go on Tuesday and if N goes on Tuesday then H and I have to go on Wednesday. Oh yeah, okay, now I got it, yeah. And mm-hmm. and then like it doesn't there's nothing matters if N goes on Wednesday, right? It only applies right. if N is on Monday and Tuesday. That's right. Or
1: N can be out. Yes. Or okay, N can be in yes. out.
0: Out, right? And then there's like this other rule that O and R have to be in the morning, which, you know, at least in my diagrams right. on the top row and so on. Okay. So the reason I'm talking about this is that there's another game I can't remember uh what uh that game is about either. <laughs> but it when you end up drawing the rules, the diagram is exactly the same. Hmm. And I, and when I when I look at those two games, even though the you know the subject matter is totally different, the diagrams end up being the same. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if LSAC scrambled like One of their games didn't work out, and they're like, okay, just grab this other game.
1: At the last minute, they needed one?
0: Yeah, we'll change the subject, totally different people, totally different variables, but at the end of the day, the rules were exactly the same just because they're so strikingly similar, right? If N is on Monday, (laughs) then H and I are on Tuesday. It was like if T is on the first day, then F and G are on the second day, and so on.
1: There's another one, there's another pair like that that is extremely uh, similar. I think it's the. Trains going like through, cycling through stations, mm. and then there's the one where it's like tribes and they're cycling through a festival, and it's they're they're like almost like, identical. Yeah, it's like. Five trains making three stops through the same stations, mm-hmm. and then it's like five tribes each doing three <laughs> participations in a festival. Yeah. It's like 15 total things on either side, and they're like almost identical. The point is for students, the point is the more games you can do, the better. Yeah. Because they do repeat themselves. If you do, boy, if you do all of the games from prep tests one through 89, yeah plus A, B, C, and J. Yeah. If you do all of those, you will for sure see stuff on whatever test you take officially. Mm-hmm. You will for sure see echoes of all of that practice. Um, I say it all the time, but the LSAT is a test of how hard you can work, especially on the logic games. Yeah. Because the harder you work, the more experience you have, the more familiar the, the new tests start to look to you, and they you just totally get rewarded for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. So F, good job doing prep tests 50 through 89. If you're still studying, I wouldn't redo tests 70 through 89. I would get more coverage. Start with the 40s and then do the 30s and then do the 20s probably.
0: And for anybody who's worried, it's still okay to repeat tests. I'd prefer to do a new test that you haven't right. seen before, but if you have not scored 180 on a test, you can still learn something from it. Figure out why you can't get a perfect score on something you've seen before and reviewed.
1: Yeah, we, we're we not big on saving tests. I don't really care. It's not about diagnostics. At a certain point, if you've already done 40 or 50 tests, I'm not really very interested in your diagnostic tests anymore. It's probably time for you to take the official test at that point. Um, More coverage is always better. So, yeah, (laughs) if you've done all of the tests, good for you. You can keep studying. You can start over from the beginning or whatever. And your your diagnostic scores are going to be slightly skewed by the fact that you've seen those tests before. But as Ben said, you're still going to be learning from those tests. And that's really the point. That's all that matters. Yeah. The diagnostics. Yeah. Okay. Great.
0: Yeah. Next one. Okay.
1: This comes from a student in one of my Demon Live classes. I definitely got a chuckle when I read this email the first time. Uh, She is very agitated at the LSACS Digital Forum. Her subject line said LSACS Digital Forum, I give you a 135. Room for improvement. She means 135, like on the 120 to 180 LSAT scale. Yeah, she's calling their 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 digital forum at 135. That's not good. All right, no, that is not good. That's fighting words. All right, dear Ben and Nathan, I just finished up with LSAC's first quote digital law school forum, and yes, all caps on the yes it is about as much of a clusterfuck as one might assume. If you don't know what it is, LSAC put together, quote, over 200 schools, exclamation point, (laughs) so that students can visit schools and ask questions on an online interface because of current travel restrictions. So they used to do these forums across the country where suited up law school admissions folk Would be sitting behind a table with like one of those drapes over it, you know, Mm -hmm. with the name of their law school and then a bunch of glossy brochures and a clipboard and maybe some candy. And if they were getting really creative with their marketing, they might let you spin the wheel or something to win a prize or what? Who knows? Whatever. These forums used to have – All of the law schools, and you could go talk to people from the schools. So they've now moved that online. Okay. Which, by the way, is better. Yes. Except (laughs) (laughs) it is objectively better. Except, of course, the LSAC is going to fuck it up how how they do it. The execution, of course, is not going to be better. But she, she continues, I'll set the scene. You click into the forum on LSAC's website or through one of the 100 schools that Mass emailed you in the last 24 hours and are greeted with a digital convention hall. She misuses the word assimilate here. She says, I assimilate it to playing Pokemon or any video game with a shopping experience. She doesn't mean assimilate there. She means um, like analogize sure. or compare
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, are you picturing it, Ben? You load up the website and you actually see an image of a convention hall. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> It's so bad. Think. You know, it's like Microsoft Teams came out with this thing where you can like see people sitting in an audience. I was like, I don't Why? care. Why? <laughs> It's
1: it's just shocking, Ben. How stuck in the past people are. <laughs> it's it doesn't it it really tells you something about like how our brains work, yeah. right? Like a, it's just this how how paradigmatic thinking works. Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's reminding me of like Major League Baseball. You know, they're playing right now. They actually flew around to play baseball in different in in giant empty stadiums. Yeah. They could have played at a high school baseball field. They didn't need to be playing in gigantic stadiums. They could have played on any field. They weren't going to have fans. No. Instead, what they did is they went to Dodger fucking stadium with 55,000 people, 55,000 empty seats, and then started putting cardboard cutouts of people in the seats and pumping in fake crowd noise.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And so it's just like they 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 can only think about it in one way, and so they have to make it as close to that as they can possibly. <laughs> what's, with the, what's
0: with the? I kind of get the noise, like maybe the it, the players feel like it's just so lonely. Right, they don't feel the people right. watching them, but cardboard cutouts. No one's seeing right through that. You're looking up and being like, "Oh." look.
1: Only baseball did that. <laughs> yeah, they also sold you the right, Ben. You know, if you're a Dodger fan, you could. You, if you're, you're so upset that you're not allowed to pay <laughs> five hundred dollars to take your family to the Dodger game. <laughs> they were charged. They're charging like, oh, for a hundred dollars, you can have a cutout of yourself, a cardboard cutout of yourself, in the stadium. <laughs> 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 okay. Anyway, Elsack, they think that this is this is, by the way, some web design shit from 1990.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Where it's like, oh, you're shopping. Okay, welcome to our digital shopping mall, and it's like a picture of a mall.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you like click on the on the like logo, and it like, like what takes if, you. What if Amazon? Into the room? Can
1: you imagine? You imagine <laughs> if Amazon had like aisles, or if like Amazon was like. A mall like you have to first find a parking spot and then get into the entrance and I go can't past find the, the damn court. Tylenol
0: on this row. It's like <laughs> hidden amongst all these other medicines.
1: Oh, don't worry, we have digital virtual sh- con- shopping helpers. <laughs> Someone wearing like a blue vest and you're like, excuse me, could you point me to the Tylenol? Um, this is it sounds like that's what Elsac is doing here with this forum. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so you click on a colored room to a group of schools like orange exhibit hall. So they're so they're so stuck in this way of thinking where oh, well normally we had like this conference room and that conference room and this conference room and so we'll just make it like that. They're like – Ben, they're doing extra work. They're going out of their way to make, make it yeah. worse, <laughs> to make it clearly more clunky. Like, <laughs> oh, what – wait a minute. Is Georgetown in the green conference exhibit hall or the orange
0: <laughs> – Oh, but you mean I can't search for them? Like I have to go – what what schools no, are babe, in this hall? People
1: want the real convention experience.
0: I wonder if, if some schools are like, no one's going to search for us. So you got to put us into a hall next to Stanford. <laughs> That's how it was. Oh, in you know real what else life. it could be? Mm.
1: Yeah. And that like preferential treatment, like that type of shit, you know, mm. where you're like, Paying you get more? The, you're mobbed up with the LSAC, like, you wink, wink, you know, put us by the entrance, <laughs> like that type of thing. I wonder <laughs> if that. <laughs> That could be going on here too. Like they had to preserve.
0: No, no, we'll create one.
1: (laughs) No, we will. Don't worry. We will preserve our grafting opportunities. Don't worry. Um, I'm with a total speculation. By the way, we're totally full of shit right here. But um, okay, you click on a colored room to a group of schools, like Orange Exhibit Hall, and then you have these clunky, literal pictures of booths and people for each school. So so they have photographs of a booth. They're like, no, we have to have booths.
0: (laughs) Booths booths are a critical part of the experience. (laughs) Not realizing that booths themselves were created to serve a function in the context of that environment.
1: (laughs) In a physical space. Yeah. In a hotel conference room it's where not, no one wants to be. It's not the You end. have a booth. It's making like a little nest for yourself in the middle of this cavernous conference room. But <laughs> <laughs> instead, yeah, they think it's the goal so is <laughs> to have a – you got to have a booth. <laughs> we could have set this up for them, Ben, in 30 fucking seconds in Zoom – with breakout rooms it, we would have made a vastly better experience yeah. than this so now now she's clicking through trying to find the right conference hall then to find the right school you have to actually look at a digital picture <laughs> of of people standing at a booth however she continues all the info they have is exactly what is on their website Which, by the way, at the at the actual physical forums, that was the case then too. That's why the forums are stupid. Yeah, because if you really want to learn about a school, their website is a much better place to learn about them than wandering around. <laughs> so a conference So you could search
0: hall. for them in this forum, or you could just Google. <laughs>
1: yeah, which I imagine Google has, you know, it's slightly better probably in the search functionality. <laughs> Uh, really, she says, the most valuable part is connecting to individual admissions staff. So you click the chat link and all the tabs in the browser freeze. So again, you go back to the forum portal, sign in, etc. You click the chat button again, and that brings you to a new tab with a spiraling blue circle. As the chat boxes appear, you find you can talk to any individual school and private message individual offers, Mm. but, all caps, your chat doesn't work. You sit there toggling through each tab, watching people converse while you can do nothing. Oh, but don't refresh your browser because that will freeze everything. Finally, two hours later and messages for LSAC asking for our patience, the chat function seems to be working. And honestly, it was incredibly useful speaking to schools. You get a great sense of who they are, what they care about, and how personal they will be with you if you spend the time. I want to have a caveat about that. i make a warning about that, but I'll I'll come back to it. The moments I had with admissions staff gave me a great sense of what schools I am more or less interested in and opened my eyes to some I might not have applied for. But don't click away from this chat room because as soon as it tries to refresh, it will delete half your conversations and you will be stuck, unable to respond. LSAC has a few more of these forums this year, and although it took up four hours of my Saturday, I would recommend spending the time asking the questions. Gather a list of items for each school that are important to you first and expect problems. I mean, hey, it's LSAC. What do you expect? <sighs> That's the email from a tired but informed student. Hmm. I have two things I want to say. Yeah. First, don't go to these stupid forums. Just reach out to the schools individually. They'll be happy to talk to you on Zoom. Yep. If they're not happy to talk to you on Zoom, then they're idiots and you don't want to go to their stupid school. I mean, the best schools we've already heard months ago, Ben, we had schools doing informational interviews and stuff on Zoom. Yeah. If if you, you know, email them, call them up, tell them you want to chat. If they're not willing to take the time to talk to you, then that tells you all you need to know.
0: Plus, if you do a chat in Zoom, one, it's not going to freeze on you. You're not going to have any problems (laughs) communicating with them. And you're also going to be able to see them face to face. I think that reveals something too. I mean, it's just some random person, but you know. Uh, do they seem happy
1: working there? I assume that that's how this worked at the forum as well. She didn't specifically say, it, but I think that when they connected you to the oh, you actually saw. I hope them? it wasn't just chat. It couldn't it have been just like text. chat,
0: but maybe. If,
1: if so, then definitely don't go to these stupid things. But it, I think she was getting connected to the actual people face to face. Wow! But so they yes, they reinvented Zoom, work Zoom better.
0: for the face for the for this forum. <laughs>
1: Would you expect anything less?
0: (laughs) I just – I don't understand why they invest their time in reinventing the wheel for this but not for the freaking LSAT, which is their job. Their job is to create a computer adaptive test and have it proctored. I think they should bring it all in-house and they don't do it. It's just – I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. Reach out to the schools on your own. If you need if you need ideas brainstorming what because it sounds like she ended up talking to schools that she never thought she would have talked to. I think you could use the demon scholarship calculator.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's lsatdemon.com slash slash scholarships. That might give you a good sense of some schools that you hadn't thought of that you should talk to. Yeah. I think there's other ways to brainstorm for lists of schools. And then you just send out a mass email and say, Hey, I want to talk to you. And if they can't get their shit together to talk to you on Zoom, then they're just dumb. I got to warn against one of the things that she seems to be doing here. She says, you get a great sense of who they are, what they care about, and how personal they will be with you if you spend the time. The moments I had with admission staff gave me a great sense of what schools I am more or less interested in and opened my eyes to some I might not have applied for. I think she's making a tragic mistake there. She's getting sold the Kool-Aid. She's talking to salespeople, yeah. and she thinks that those salespeople have anything to do with the actual product. Sure. It's like she's it, It's like she interv- It's like she called up the Ford dealer, you know, or had a Zoom with the Ford dealership. Didn't drive the car. But the person is talking to her about the features and benefits of the car, but the person is being super, like, friendly to her. Yeah. And so then she's, like, thinking that a Ford would be good for her. And I'm sorry, but admissions folk, they are salespeople. Their job is to sell you. They are selling an extremely expensive product, so they tend to be pretty damn good at selling. The fact that an admissions person was nice to you, you are never going to talk to that admissions person once you're enrolled.
0: Yeah. Anyways, at the end of the day, they're going to look at your numbers primarily to make a decision as to whether or not they accept you. You should do the same. You should look at their numbers. How much money are they going to give you and make that your primary decision for whether or not you accept their offer? All law schools are
1: almost identical there there is not really a big difference you're you're one L year you're going to take exactly the same classes using exactly the same books <laughs> going around to these forums or even doing what we recommend which is just zoom with the schools you, yeah you can talk to them you can learn about you know maybe like learn about their city or something like that like that's that's a real difference but they're going to bullshit you about their clinics and special programs and Oh, you can focus in space law if you go to our school. And it's like, all of that is just marketing garbage and just be real careful. I, I, there, I know some, you know, when we used to go around to these forums, I know some of law school admissions people and they, yeah, they're like really nice and friendly, but that's their job to be really nice and friendly. And that has nothing to do with the culture of their school. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <clears throat>
0: Thank you, uh, whoever wrote that in. Tired but informed student. <sighs> All right. Max's personal statement. The nice thing about this personal statement is there is no introduction. We can just jump right into it. <laughs> yeah, we don't really need
1: the introduction because, uh, you know, maybe what we should do, Ben, is we should make a uniform introduction with LSAT, undergraduate GPA. School, major Sure But maybe that's it Yeah Right? Like the whole preamble That the school isn't going to read Kind of taints us In our analysis of the personal statement But they will have LSAT, GPA Name of your school Your major Anyway, we don't even have that for Max We just have purely the statement Yeah All right, let's hear it.
0: Well, before we even read it, I will tell you, I'm looking down on it and um, it looks like it's only one page, single space. So that is inviting me into it because it seems shorter than it, or at least short enough. But I don't like the fact that each of these paragraphs are like extraordinarily long. There's only It looks to
1: me like a wall of text. I mean, of course, this will be double spaced by the time Max actually submits it. But uh, yeah, right now we're looking at uh, it's three super long paragraphs. block paragraphs, yeah, and then one short paragraph. And I can imagine, yeah, you just <laughs> the the admissions person who has a stack of applications to get through that day. You know they get their cup of coffee and they look at this and they're like, whoa, those big paragraphs are not inviting.
0: Huge. I, I'm just curious why people don't break things up more. You, you need to break things up even, even if you're talking about the same thing, just like here's a somewhat logical reason to stop and start again. Let people breathe. Okay. I'm going to read. It says, I work as a special constable in the healthcare sector. First sentence, it starts with I, it then has a verb, but I don't like the verb work in general because it's vague and I don't feel like I'm learning anything new that I would have not already seen on your resume.
1: That's a straight up resume line item, right? It's going to say the name of the employer and it's going to have the title special constable. So it's a waste of space because it's just rehashing a resume line.
0: So I think Max tried to follow our rules and create a sentence that starts with I and use a verb, in this case work. But unfortunately, there's no substance here. You got to go further. So Max continues. Whoa. I'm already not liking the beginning of this next sentence. Employed and appointed... By the provincial government, I enforce various provincial legislations, such as the Mental Health Act. Okay, I don't feel like we need to know who you're employed or appointed by. It's also kind of vague.
1: Okay, so I don't like the employed and appointed by. Probably just employed by – I don't think we need employed and appointed, but putting that aside, if you just show yourself doing something, we will be able to infer that you're a government employee who is enforcing the law. Yeah. I hate – Enforce various provincial legislations. That's huge. Also, laws. Yeah. <laughs> is what you meant to say there? You're a cop, I think. Constable is a police officer, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is a cop enforcing the law. Specifically, this is a this is a mental health police officer. Hmm. But, but that's all we can learn from those two sentences. Think about how many words there are there and what we've really learned there. I'm a mental health care cop. Yeah. Right? Yep. Is there, anything, is there one thing there that isn't captured by I'm a mental health care cop?
0: No, the only thing here, the only other thing I seem to be picking up on is this person feels like they're in Canada.
1: I think they f- they're in Canada, yes.
0: Yeah. It's interesting here. Like they say, I enforce very, or Max says, I enforce various provincial legislations, right? Which we were just going after. It's the tendency to go big and like try to summarize right. everything.
1: Like, well, and to make it sound grand. Yeah. Right, like He had to use the word legislation there. He had to put legislation.
0: He's like, oh, it's law-related, right? No, just Mental Health Act, we get it. If you said I enforce the Mental Health Act, I don't need to know that you also enforce other laws.
1: I think we can cut 100% of those first two sentences and just get into the meat of – if you show me what you actually do, mm-hmm. tell me a real specific story about you doing a thing, then I can infer all of the rest of it. Also, I have your resume, so if I'm curious what what exactly is who who is his employer? you know i I can look that stuff up on your resume i don't you can tell me a story without yeah. making it this grand I enforce various provincial legislations, <laughs> no. All right, third sentence.
0: Yeah, under this act, I apprehend people with mental illnesses and bring them to design- designated facilities where they can get help.
1: I would remove the word apprehend from that sentence. Yeah, it
0: sounds like you're like – I mean, I guess this person is – Max is arresting them? <laughs> apprehend.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I would just – I would focus on the part where you're bringing them to the facility that, to get help, yeah, the I apprehend people is very this very cop speak mm-hmm. and without taking any political sides there they are just there's a lot of like anti cop sentiment out there right now, and so if you are a cop, uh, thank you for your service and everything, but please try to stay away from like the cop speak because there's gonna be a lot of readers who are gonna be like turned off. It's a it's – a, um, cops and military folk have this militarized way of speaking yeah, and it, it is going to turn off certain civilians and so if you could just keep it human – You pick up these people, you take them to the facility where they can get help, that's fine.
0: You don't even have to say that, right? You could just say, I bring people with mental illnesses to facilities where they can get help. I mean, that itself seems even wordy, but the point is, it's like, you bring them there. We don't need to like imagine you also like like, forcibly-
1: (laughs) Exactly. I don't need you pulling a gun on them or cuffing them or- putting them in the back of the squad car. I don't need to see any of that stuff. That's not, That's not the story you want to
0: tell. Yeah. Next sentence, for example, okay. in general, you don't need, for example, in your personal statement, we get it. You're providing an example of you doing this kind of thing.
1: Well, he also says the next thing he says is one day, yep. which if you say one day, <laughs> then we understand that you're giving an
0: example. Yep, exactly. One day I found a lady who was verbally aggressive with hospital staff. Okay, I'm a little perplexed by this sentence. Like you (laughs) came upon this verbally aggressive lady or you were called to this situation. Um, Yeah, this I found
1: a lady. That's almost like you're going around looking for these people. Like, you know, I'm going to arrest people and take them to the mental health care facility If they're being verbally abusive. No. Yeah. You got called. The hospital called
0: you. Yeah. Okay. When I spoke to the lady, she said that she wanted to leave. Okay. The hospital staff was concerned about her well-being and asked me to stop her. I followed the patient and asked her to stay, but she said that she had to go home and cleanse her baby. (laughs) Sorry, where is this going? I I mean, I guess this is a day in the life of uh, this kind of work. Okay. Um, I asked her to clarify, and she told me that she had a child at home that was possessed by a devil, so she was heading home to kill it. Whoa. 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 Okay. I mean, I I don't doubt that this happened, Max. This is just an interesting lead-in. Okay. After hearing it's this
1: wildly <laughs> wildly powerful this image, the story you're telling, like if you're going for a hook, I guess you've hooked us. Yeah. My problem is it's not about you. This is a lady who has big problems. Yeah. Are you going to solve her
0: problem? Well, he, okay, so this is Max continuing. After hearing this, I arrested her under the mental health act. Max, I I do like your sentences because they're short, but the content of your sentences needs work. Um, Yeah, this is, again, that militarized. He's not, like, he doesn't understand
1: how this hits civilians. He doesn't understand how this hits, like, pacifists or soft (laughs) urban intellectual people, right? Like you go around and arrest people with mental health problems. Uh, you you, you got to stop saying apprehend and arrest. That's not, nobody wants to hear about mental health, people with mental health problems being arrested. There's not a thing that people want to hear
0: about. I get it. It's probably necessary, but it's just an image that it's too sad.
1: It's too, it's too depressing of a topic, especially when he uses – I think you could soften it a lot by taking apprehend and arrest out of it.
0: Just say I and brought her to the facility. use a euphemism. Yeah.
1: You brought her to the facility. Exactly. Not I arrested her and took her to the facility. Just I, br- I escorted her to the facility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I drove her to the facility. <laughs> I to the- I, <laughs> yeah. you know I helped her get checked into the facility. Yeah. And if that was at gunpoint,
0: we don't want to know about that part. No. He continues. I then brought her back to the hospital, ensuring that she would stay and see a psychiatrist. The assessment. Wait a
1: second. Well, this now doesn't even make any sense because one sentence ago, she was in the hospital.
0: Yeah. I never see her leaving
1: the the hospital. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, he's bringing her back to the hospital.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is it? Okay. The assessment revealed that she had a serious mental disorder, possibly drug-induced, and had to stay at the hospital for her own safety and the safety of others. I contacted social services in my local police department and advised them of the situation. Okay. Okay. You reported to your superiors. The poli- That's not, like, super impressive. I'm um, not saying – it's great. I'm glad you did it. I'm just saying – I don't know. I called and told people what happened. The police responded to her house and found a toddler who is left home alone. Luckily, the child was unharmed and was taken by social services. <laughs>
1: There ain't no lucky about that. Oh, my God. This reminds me of (laughs) – do you remember the personal statement that we read on the show with the missionary? Oh, my God. Who gleefully told us the story Uh, of going into the dirt floor hut with the dirty kids and getting the kids taken away from mom. Yeah,
0: yeah, getting the mom (laughs) like arrested. (laughs) Arrested again. Oh, and he had saved the day. Yeah.
1: Max, do not tell us a story about a toddler getting taken away from their parent. No matter how fucked up the parent is, no matter how psychotic the, par- the parent is, we're not here to get bummed out. We don't want to hear about this story. This is not the right topic. That, we can go ahead and ax that whole first paragraph. There's no way that's appropriate for a personal statement. You're supposed to be putting your best foot forward. You're supposed to be selling me on the idea that you're going to be a kick-ass lawyer. You're supposed to be making a case for yourself. You're going to open up the case for yourself with, "Hey, let me tell you about this time where there was a crazy lady who's on drugs and wanted to kill her baby, and uh, the baby got taken away."
0: Yeah, isn't that lucky? <laughs> <laughs> isn't it good that I that I was. Called, I mean, really, it's almost like you tried to take more credit for this than you deserve because you were called here and you did your job and you're like, I found this lady like, huh? And then the ultimate outcome, isn't that great? I, I would, yeah, just cut it all. Yeah, I agree. Max
1: is not, by the way. So we can infer from this now that Max is not like an uh, like a police does not work for the city police. Max is a hospital police. It's like a mental health, yeah, officer. Which which by the way, that's great. I'm not like actually shitting on your job. I'm shitting on the way you're presenting your job. Yeah. You have to tell us about you solving problems. This isn't you didn't solve a problem here. They called you in cuz there was a crazy lady and you made the crazy lady stay at the hospital so that they could figure out that she was psychotic so that they could go take away her kid. That's not, that's not lawyer stuff, even remotely. And I don't see you doing anything here besides being like a security guard, which there's nothing wrong with security guards. It's just that you're not, you're not selling me on the picture of you being a lawyer here. I think we got, there's got to be other stories to tell.
0: Most of these sentences are not about Max.
1: Exactly. No, they're, they're about, about the lady, a crazy lady.
0: The hospital. And
1: the devil – And the cops (laughs) and the the toddler getting taken away. Yeah. So like what was Max's actual role here? He talked to the lady. Indeed, she was crazy, which the hospital staff told him this lady wants to leave and we don't want her to leave. Max talked to the lady and she said she wanted to leave because the devil possessed her baby and she had to go kill her baby. And Max sensibly – kept her there because that's Max's job.
0: Yeah. Basically all Max did was keep the lady at the hospital and, uh, well, or bring her back, I guess, cause she walked away and informed others so they could do their job. Not so Max okay. could do his, but let's just be clear. If the punchline
1: of your story is a toddler getting taken away from their parents, that's not the story that you want to put in your personal statement. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Cool. That's the first paragraph. Okay. Max continues. Paragraph number two. I also enforce offenses related to smoking in public places. (laughs) I don't know. Related
1: to? (laughs) Why the related to? I don't know. You mean you're a smoking cop? Okay. Like you're a smoking cop. That's fine. You don't need to like do you see the like the fluffing, like the pumping yeah. up of it. Yeah. Like I also inf- – I enforce offen- – by the way, enforce offenses. I don't think that that's correct. No, that's not correct. correct. Yeah,
0: you get people to <laughs> break the law.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't make people smoke. You make people not smoke. Yeah. you You enforce provisions against the offense of smoking in public – place but just don't you're over it's overselling
0: yeah
1: you keep people from smoking
0: at the hospital okay okay he continues smoking on hospital property is strictly prohibited under the tobacco control act i have the authority to issue provincial violation tickets okay just tickets to punish offenders who do not comply with the law <laughs> Well, that's what an offender is. Um, it's someone who does not comply with the law. Uh, this is
1: three sentences <laughs> that say, "I write people tickets for smoking at the hospital."
0: I write people. I write tickets for people who's for smokers. I write tickets for smokers at the hospital. I
1: write. I you know, I give smokers <laughs> tickets. I give hospital smokers tickets.
0: There you go. He continues. However, the mere punishment is not always the best solution. For instance, one of the hospitals was particularly bad for smoking offenses. Mm, The hospital was bad? Are there people at this hospital? Every time I stopped at the hospital, I had to confront several clients who were smoking in non-designated areas. (laughs) I don't know why this strikes me as funny. For some reason, it just seems funny. Hey, you there, stop. Um, after several attempts to punish the offenders, (laughs) this is, this is that militarized speak, like seeing the world as like do-gooders and offenders. I decided to go another way. I met with the hospital manager and discussed the problem. She agreed and asked me to share my plan to reduce the number of smoking offenses. I noted that there were benches and ashtrays in the area was, where smoking <laughs> was prohibited.
1: Ashtrays. There's a big there's an ashtray right by the no smoking sign.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a mixed signal which which encouraged people to smoke. Yep, okay. I recommended to remove benches and ashtrays, put a sign that prohibits smoking, and create a designated area for smokers. As there was none previously. That's a weird use of as means because here. Um I don't know. I, I see what Max is doing here. He's encountered a problem and he's come up with a solution.
1: Um I will I, I will s I will give Max one point of writing credit for using generally short sentences.
0: Yes, Max but I has also will short
1: strongly sentences. recommend that Max get Help with his editing. There, almost every sentence needs to be rewritten. These are not. This is not strong writing. It it. Well, there's a lot Max, of redundancy.
0: Fun. That's the problem. It's like there's a yeah. yeah.
1: There's a lot of that, but there's a lot of this, most of these sentences are broken. I mean, Ben is. I don't know if he's even conscious of it, but he's actually fixing lots of the stuff that Max did wrong. As you're reading, Ben, you're sort of naturally correcting and adding words <laughs> and stuff where those words aren't actually there. You, Max, you need to find like your, your, your top three English writers, editor, friends, and you need to, you need to get some help. Um, we do kind of offer this now in The Demon. Um, in Demon Live, Carl is doing a weekly admissions workshop and we're not like actually editing people's statements for them but i am sure that in the demon community you can find friends at those admissions workshops you can make a friend who would be happy to you know edit like cooperatively edit this and help help you to clean this up because this um this language does not strike me as written by a lawyer
0: yeah okay Max continues, where was that? Okay, there was a small grass island that was close to the main entrance. Okay. I suggested to use that space to create a smoking spot. The site manager welcomed my approach and followed my recommendations. A week later, I found that benches and ashtrays were removed and that there was a big sign stating that smoking was prohibited. I also saw a small shed in the suggested area where people were smoking. Now, as a result, I hardly see any violators at this hospital, and the number of smoking offenses has been significantly reduced. We could keep this anecdote. Yeah. Uh,
1: We could shorten it a lot. I mean, I think you could could get that down to two sentences. You know. But you did, you identified a problem, you took initiative, you got the problem solved. I like the general gist of that. I do not think that it merits an entire, cause I mean, that's a third of the personal statement. Yeah. And there, there ain't enough there to justify a third of a personal statement. You were like, Hey, you got all these smokers out here. Why do you have ashtrays? I don't want to write these people tickets. You have ashtrays. I don't want to write them tickets put a no smoking sign, make a smoking area, and they did that. That's great. <laughs> but you don't need a whole big ass block paragraph about that. Yeah.
0: And then also like, so what we've already talked about, you got to clean up these sentences and tone down the, I don't know, the the cop speak, right? The violators and the You know,
1: it's Canada. So it's probably not as sensitive of an issue. But boy, in the United States, um, most law schools are pretty progressive places. And if you come in hot with like looking like a cop, like just you know, and, and I'm not shitting on cops, I'm not at all. I'm just I'm just trying to tell you how you might be received if you come in with like a very militarized, you know. Because I mean, what he actually did here is he. This isn't the cop in a bad way type of behavior right cop in a bad way would just be like go there every day and write as many tickets as you can
0: and if someone gives you trouble throw them in your car (laughs) yeah beat them right exactly
1: and and that's not what max is doing here max is like i don't want to be writing these people tickets this is ridiculous why don't we just solve a problem so i don't have to write these people tickets and that's great more more like that would be good but the language of calling them violators and offenders and all that stuff is
0: – Yeah, it actually – it betrays – or it, I don't know if betrays is the right word. It, um, I think it is. Well, it, it doesn't it, – it, it reveals on some level how you think about them. But I think it's not actually how you think about them, Max, because you're trying to solve the problem. You see them as people, but you're talking about them as if they're violators. But really they're just people who are like, what? Oh, I'm smoking in the wrong place? Oh, sorry. Like you saw the real problem and you solved it and I think that's good. But it's just weird how you kind of talk about them as like these like (laughs) – this scourge in society or something.
1: Yeah. You you just – you don't want to be referring to people as violators. Yeah. They have have done an act which is a violation but that does not make them a violator – that's not the right way to be talking about it. Yeah, outside of the police station, that's not the right way to be talking about it.
0: <laughs> okay, um, Max continues. This is the third paragraph again. Long. I have the authority to arrest people for public intoxication under the Liquor Control Act. Okay, we we get it that you have that authority. You don't need to tell us. He, you know what he's doing here?
1: That's that's um, annoying.
0: Mm.
1: He mentioned the in caps mental health act.
0: Oh, he's like at the beginning dropping the first a bunch paragraph. of acts.
1: <laughs> That's the second sentence of the first paragraph. Then in the third sentence, beginning of the third sentence of the second paragraph, he mentions the capitalized Tobacco Control Act. <laughs> then in the third paragraph in the first sentence, he mentions the Liquor Control Act, and it, it's like you're you're trying too hard to tie this into you're, you're not a lawyer and you specifically mentioning these acts and you know, like in the first paragraph, the word legislations, Yeah, you're trying too hard to make it look like you're a lo- like you're law adjacent. You're protesting too much. You don't need to do that. We know that cops are law enforcement. We know that you know things about the law. We you know statutes more than any other law school applicant. And we know that you're enforcing the law. We don't think that you're enforcing something else. You don't need to say any of that. Yeah. It's it's actually worse when you specifically name these acts because it 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 just comes off as it has the exact opposite effect <laughs> that you intend. It makes you look naive. It makes you look like you think you know things that you don't actually know. And if you would just instead cut that out and just talk about your actual work, deciding whether or not to enforce, deciding whether or not to write a ticket, that's actually a really good theme, I think. I mean, that's one of the things that you're going to study in criminal law. You know, prosecutorial discretion is a huge issue and you know more about that than anybody else because you're the first person that gets people, you know, like, are we going to get the government's hooks into these people or not? Are we going to write these smokers tickets or not? Are we going to arrest these people for public intoxication or do we have another solution? And that could be a perfectly fine theme, but I don't like the – it's like name-dropping of the the
0: axe. Yep. Exactly,
1: which spins it in the wrong direction. I think. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay. I use this. Uh, I use this authority primarily for holding intoxicated people who may be at risk for themselves.
1: Why do you have to use the word authority in the first sentence and in the second sentence of that paragraph? Every time you say that, it makes me, it, it makes you scarier. It makes you like I'm imagining you big and bulked up and all yeah. copped up, you know? And that's not what I want to be thinking about. I want, I want to be, be a little more plain spoken here. What type of people do you run across? What type of decisions do you make?
0: Uh, he also says people who may be at risk for themselves. I think it should be to themselves the the
1: editing is pretty bad the writing and editing here is pretty bad (laughs) max you definitely i'm not saying you need to get like paid professional help with your editing but you do need to get help with your editing before you submit this
0: he continues after arresting okay again we don't need that word I can either release the person when they are sober or ask a family member to pick up that person.
1: could have said to pick them up.
0: Pick them up. Okay. One time, I had to arrest a drunk teenage girl who was dropped off at the hospital by her friends. She wanted to leave, but it was a cold winter night and she was not dressed for the weather.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want you to be talking about drunk teenagers and their appropriateness of their dress. They don't have
0: enough clothes. You're not –
1: that's (laughs) – it may in fact be at your discretion to, to, to determine whether they should be let out into the snow or not. But I don't want to hear about some dude looking at a teenage girl who's drunk and deciding whether or not her dress is appropriate and making any decisions. It's just you're skeeving me out here. I don't Yeah. Let's avoid that topic, please.
0: I tried to convince her to stay, but she kept refusing. At now this is that's a weird image too. Like the cop like trying to talk this girl into something. At some point she decided to run from me. Oh now I- <laughs> Now
1: you sound even more sketchy This is getting creepier Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I arrested her Oh no (laughs) Searched for an ID Found This is a
1: real bad image now (laughs) You're (laughs) searching You're searching a drunk teenage girl Who you already said was not appropriately dressed And now you're searching her Looking for an ID (laughs) You've arrested her and you're searching her Don't tell us about this, please. Don't, this is not, this is an error in judgment to include this in your personal statement.
0: Yeah. He found her parents or her parents' contact information and asked them to pick her up. Her parents arrived later and took her home. They were grateful that I did not let her go. Another time I arrested a woman who I found lying unconscious outside. You arrested. Stop saying
1: arrested. (laughs) Stop (laughs) arresting people.
0: (laughs) Okay. She was severely intoxicated. Like you could just say, I helped a woman who I found lying unconscious outside. Even then, though, I don't, I don't know about these stories. Um, she was severely intoxicated and it was freezing outside. Okay. I lifted her from the ground placed her in my patrol vehicle. What vehicle? And brought her to the nearest hospital. She stayed at the hospital for several hours. As soon as I as she got sober, I called a cab and she went home safely. So wait, you waited at the hospital?
1: Yeah, and this is this is two in in one paragraph. This is two stories about Max putting his hands on drunk women. Yeah. And I know that that's part of your job. And I know and I'm not I'm not suggesting that I think that you did anything untoward or mm-hmm. improper here at all. What I am saying is let's not talk about these instances. Yeah. Re- the reader does not want to hear about you arresting drunk women. Nope. Yep. That is it was a, now that I think about it, it was a woman up top as well. So we got a crazy lady oh, yeah. and two drunk ladies. Uh, you got to think about the big picture you're painting here. And I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting at the hospital.
0: I don't know. That sounds creepy. To make
1: sure she's okay, to call a cab for her can't the hospital do that? Yeah. It's, it's like mildly. And again, I, this is not what I actually think, but a reader might see that as weirdly stalker ish. Yeah. I don't actually think that I'm thinking about the different ways that this statement might be perceived. And you taking a drunk lady to the hospital and then waiting until she's released so that you can call a cab for her? Oh, did you tell the cab her address? You know, did you follow the cab to her house to make sure that she got in safely? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the reader's going to be asking questions that you don't want asked here, just because it's not. it's not. These anecdotes aren't good enough to justify the creep factor that comes in.
0: Yeah okay last paragraph which is a lot shorter thankfully i enjoy working in law enforcement uh i I don't really want to hear about your feelings so we can cut that yeah this work allows me to help people and serve my community okay
1: i hope i I grant you that it does yes
0: great i hope that i hope Okay. I hope that legal education will allow me to become a criminal prosecutor, which will be a significant step in my career. I don't think the law schools
1: really care what you hope. One sentence that you that you hope to become a criminal prosecutor, that's okay. I think Ben's right that that they don't really care what you think or what you feel or what you want. They care more about what you've done. But... Tying this in to say you know, I'm going to law school because I want to be a, a prosecutor, that's fine.
0: I think I'm more uh, taking issue with the sentence or the way he's saying this. I hope that legal education will allow me to become a criminal prosecutor. I'd rather just say I want to be a criminal prosecutor. I'm going right. to law school because I want to Yeah, and I we don't do need this. the
1: comma, which will, become, which will be a significant step in my career. It, it goes without saying, if you're applying to law school – You're doing that to get a legal education, to make a step in your career. Yeah. Because those things are true of 100% of every applicant, 0% of applicants should ever say those things. Yeah. Now, you want to be a criminal prosecutor. That's specific to you, so you can say that part, but not the legal education and not the significant step in the my career part. I wish we had better news. Yeah. Most of this has to go.
0: All of the first paragraph, all of the third paragraph, half of the second paragraph, and half of your last paragraph is gone.
1: Yeah. But I do think that there's a theme there that maybe Max could latch on to. You're saying an insightful thing here about discretion, about whether or not to whether or not to write tickets whether or not to arrest people i think that that could be an interesting theme there's a there's a way to do this where you i think that you could keep the smoking anecdote and i think you need to come up with ideally a couple more anecdotes or at least one more anecdote where you decide not, not to, to arrest, arrest someone, ten yep,
0: percent. <laughs>
1: stop arresting people. If those
0: were your two stories, you'd sound a lot more uh, like a lawyer human <laughs> and <laughs> like, yeah. the kind of sort of thoughtful, um well-informed people we want going to law school, like, hey, I know what I can do, but I don't think I should because this is probably a better solution. And they'd be like, "Wow, you've actually dealt with that shit. Come to our law school and tell other people why prosecutorial discretion is so important and how it furthers our real goal, which is to help everyone
1: do better. Careful to not lecture the reader about prosecutorial discretion. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're just (laughs) telling these
0: stories and it becomes true that you must be aware of that because you're not arresting people.
1: Give examples of places where you used your discretion wisely but specifically, I want you to not arrest the person. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, this drunk girl who was about to go out in the snow and die, maybe she deserved to be arrested. Maybe you did the exact right thing. This woman who was laying outside drunk in the snow, maybe she needed to be arrested. Maybe you did the exact right thing. Um, The crazy woman who was about to kill her kid c- seems like clearly you did the right thing. But that's not the right stories to tell. The right stories to tell are the places where you had authority to bang somebody up and you chose not to. And the the smoker's example is a perfect example. The culture might be different in in Canada or in Canadian law schools. Mm. But the law schools in the United States don't want to hear about you choosing to arrest. They want to hear about places where you were able to solve the problem in a different way.
0: Yeah. Even if the culture though is more open to uh, arresting in Canada, there is nothing wrong with telling a story of where you don't.
1: There's just nothing special about a cop arresting somebody. There's nothing
0: special about it.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, that's what cops do. So anytime you actually are arresting or anytime you are actually writing a ticket, it's mundane. It's, that's what cops that's, – that's a lot of their job. That's, a, that's what a five-year-old thinks a cop does. A 25-year-old or the 35 or 45 or 55-year-old who's going to be reading your law school a, uh, application would prefer to hear the more subtle story of where you <laughs> very likely could have put somebody in jail but instead decided not to. Yeah. Or you could have fined them but instead you decided not to. Those are going to be better
0: stories. Yeah. Thank you, Max. I hope that's helpful. Um, That's it for today's show. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Thinking LSAT and at LSAT Demon. Follow Nathan at NFox on Twitter or us at Thinking LSAT on Twitter. Leave us a review on iTunes, even if you hate us. And... Email us <laughs> at help at thinkinglsat.com. We want to get your questions. That's what keeps the show going. That was episode 266 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks, all y'all, for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for